In a world where women continue to break through glass ceilings, shatter stereotypes and redefine success, there are so many stories just waiting to be heard. And that is exactly what this podcast is all about. I'm your host, Katie Williams, and in each episode, we'll sit down together with inspiring female entrepreneurs from diverse industries, backgrounds and stages of their journey. We'll explore the lessons they've learned, the obstacles they've overcome and the advice they have for those who might be ready to take a leap of their own. I cannot wait to dive into the day-to-day realities of running a business, often while juggling other roles like being a mum or working multiple jobs. You can expect honest conversations, valuable advice and a whole lot of inspiration. So grab yourself a cuppa and let's get into it. And welcome to another episode of Small Business Society, the podcast. I'm Katie, and today I am joined by Rosie. Rosie, would you like to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, hi, Katie. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, So I am a chiropractor, um, and I have been since 2015. I opened my own clinic, so my own business, um, in two years ago. Um, and so I have been working on growing my clinic space basically which is seeing clients and you know the chiropractic world is very much alternative health care so yeah that's my that's my remit brilliant is it somewhere um, is it a clinic where you are on your own or do you have are there other chiropractors or so it's me and my partner Alistair and he's just started officially in our new premises this week so there's two of us Oh, amazing. A, a chiropractor as well. Yes, that's how we Oh, met. brilliant. <laughs> amazing. So what's your background? How did it and how did it lead to you being where you are now? Well, I think um, from a business perspective, I think I when, when I saw this question, I was like, OK, so fundamentally, I am not very good having a boss. <laughs> Um, and I think that 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 traces back to when I used to work in horse racing so when I was when I was in racing it was it was very much like horses first humans second or third um and so I was very much like the bottom of the pile told what to do bossed around um and it was just a very jarring experience um which was kind of that's how that industry works um So when I became a chiropractor, I was like, this is going to be different. Um, this is a completely different industry. And then I was just working for people that I thought didn't know what they were doing or I could do it better. <laughs> um, so so I worked for I worked for a clinic. So I've been a so I did six years working for other people. And then I essentially ran, I became a practice manager for another clinic. And that's when I took over running all the assistants. So essentially like the receptionists, all the systems, the marketing, the rebranding. I took it over and in two years, I completely transformed somebody else's business, um, which was a really bizarre dynamic. um, And I wouldn't recommend anybody else doing that because I did get paid for it. But you feel a huge sense of ownership over somebody else's business. Yeah, I Um, can imagine. Yeah. And I just so I decided that that dynamic wasn't working and I um had a little boy so we were in Scotland so I was like you know what I've completely transformed another chiropractor's clinic I'm going to move back to the south back to family um and I'm going to set up on my own so we made this big massive move and then we started our practice in 
May, yeah, May 2021. Amazing. No, May 22. Sorry, 22. Okay, May 22. So not last year, the year before. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, we're in 24 now. I I know, I was just thinking, because I was thinking, oh, when was was the whole, like, COVID thing? But that was 2020, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Yeah, no, it wasn't the COVID. We didn't, we didn't start. We started like, yeah, the year after COVID, really. Like after COVID was gone. So yeah, yeah, that's why I started off on my own. (laughs) You didn't want to be told what to do anymore. And uh, thought I could do it better. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm sure you could. Um, What would you say have been some of your biggest challenges? Well, um, I have had some I've had some big ones um so firstly when we moved uh I anticipated when you set up a business you sort of have an anticipation that it's going to take a little bit of while to launch Mm. um so I had to get a premises so I had to get a clinic and I was told by the estate agents this is step one find a premises I was told by the estate agent that it would take you know eight to ten weeks um and then we'd be in um on the 14th week, we were still no closer to being in. And each week, obviously, we're not earning money. Yeah. Um, and so my biggest challenge was that first trying to get a premises. It cost me two and a half grand in the state in solicitor's fees to try and draw up a contract because um, it was a proper, you know, clinic space um, yeah. in Bath which if anybody knows Bath is like, it's a, you know, old Roman city where all the buildings are owned by trustees and people, investors. So you're not talking to like real people. You're talking to solicitors, which just take forever um, mm. to do anything. So that was, a, that was horrible because that was like first step um, to try and find a space. And so basically on the 14th week, I, after a very annoying email from them I just jacked it in I just said all right we're not we're not getting that space we're that's it we're calling it um and so we set up in our living room oh wow um so we set up in our living room and we so just to kind of like paint a picture when you walked in through the front door there's like a little corridor in front of you with stairs going upstairs it's quite a classic sort of I don't know what you'd call it like 1970s house and then there was Mm. the front room which there was a door off the corridor and then there was the back room so it wasn't like a second entrance way or any or a big house it was literally the front room and that's where we set up our clinic <laughs> and I had a toddler um, and two dogs and it was it was a nightmare because you had this beautiful professional space that was really tranquil like a spa in the front room and then the back room was just like a carnage just like a bed it's like yeah. a bed sit so that was like where we were honestly I remember giving like speaking to this lovely client like okay I'll go get you a glass of water while you fill out your um, paperwork we're back in a moment like all clinicky and professional and then I came through the back to get this um, lady a glass of water and my son was naked covered in spaghetti bolognese and I was like holy shit so Sorry, excuse my swearing, but I was like, this is, it was just like the most jarring thing to try and be all professional in one room and then have our family in the other room. And you'd hear like Peppa Pig in the background when you'd be like trying to like do a treatment on somebody. And it was just, it was just so hard. And I, and that was I a massive, massive challenge. Um, and then the other thing was, is that we were paying a marketing company um it was a lot of money about 1200 pounds a month to try and build our 
are, are we you know we invested in seo in mm. google ads our website you know t- i came into it like this is going to be a real big professional thing let's put some money into this we had some money saved up we had a house deposit and we had our bounce back loans so we had a good sort of 60 70k that we were like we're gonna we're gonna make this work so yeah. we were paying we were paying um for a huge marketing budget and our rent and we had to put our toddler into nursery um because I, I was pregnant another side side things I was pregnant um <laughs> and so he had to go into nursery because um it was just getting too much having him there all the time and I couldn't really walk very very far and the clinic um and so we just spent loads of money all of that money went in that first year and the clinic oh barely covered barely covered anything um because it was in our front room so we kind of like subconsciously I think sometimes in business you you don't consciously make this decision but you you kind of don't want to be busy like you don't actually want to take on that many clients you don't want to take on that much work so you sort of I'm not going to say self-sabotage but you you certainly don't do everything you can to make it work and that was definitely what was happening that first year because it was even though we desperately wanted to make it work every single time someone came to the house it was stressful because we all had to live in the back room um you you know the the live the the corridor had to be super tidy and you know you just never knew what was going to (laughs) happen um so it was it was like it was really push-pull because we put a lot of effort into it but then Mm. we kind of I I do think like we, we could have we could have made some bigger moves um, to get more clients in. Um, so that was a big challenge, like using all of that money to run a business, which was just badly timed. Um, yeah. But so that was, a, and then we ended up living in, moving in with my in-laws last summer for four months because we ran out of money. Um, oh no. Because we were stuck. We couldn't, we couldn't move. We couldn't, we were in, we were living in our house that we had the business in so even though the rent was 1800 pounds a month in bath and we were like we can't afford this this is painful this is a problem our clinic was in the front room so we even though we knew we couldn't afford it it was like that was everything it's your business as well as your home exactly so we were stuck and then we ran out of money and then luckily I actually managed to find a beautiful space that I'm in now which is um just outside of bath uh, in a little town called wick um and that was a complete godsend because once I could move the clinic, then we could move the house. So we just went back to my in-laws for four months. Luckily, they took us in. That was like an hour's commute away, but it was fine. They were really brilliant with childcare. We took our boys out of nursery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really, really painful. That was really, really painful because it was like our business has sunk all of our money. It hasn't even worked. And yeah, it was re- it was really, really hard. Um, yeah. And now so that was September that we moved into where we are now which is we're living in our own space in Bristol the clinic is not in our front room anymore um and it's actually starting to go really well so it's been, it's been like a massive journey problems with finances problems with timing problems with not not growing because you're not ready and yeah it was it's been hard that's yeah it, it it sounds it but it's the journey isn't it it's um you learn from things and yeah o- onwards and upwards sounds like you're doing it's, it's gonna it's gonna be better 
Oh, it's going to be better. I mean, anything is going to be better than that. I mean, honestly, I I would speak to people about it and they would just be like, almost just you can hear their minds like, why did you not think this through? Because in, <laughs> in the middle of it, I had a baby. Um, so that was meant that I went on maternity for a bit. So that's when Alistair took over completely. But he was kind yeah. of just doing the Cairo practice side of it. He wasn't doing the business side of it. Um, just because yeah. that's not his strength. Um, so that was hard because I had a baby and I was like, trying to run everything whilst having a newborn and a toddler um so it was quite intense there's no wonder it didn't it didn't yeah. flourish under those circumstances it's hard though isn't it because th- there are times as well when you think oh yeah it's fine I can do this and then you get to the point and you're like okay maybe I shouldn't have taken that on or this on but you think at the time it'll be fine yeah I mean there is a there is an element of um so so there was a there was like an old faux fable that I was told many years ago which is when you're digging um for gold you know you can sometimes give up just like a a a shovel away from hitting the jackpot Mm. um so that's kind of how I felt like we're so close like we're so close so that's pretty much how I felt the whole time because I just thought that suddenly we were going to get those more clients suddenly the marketing was going to work um and like I spent money on on like marketing in magazines and local adverts and everything else um and and even Facebook and and Instagram but the marketing company just it, they just weren't very good they just didn't get us the clients um so it was you know and I kind of knew that but they're so these they're very sort of um what you would say like snake charmery you know they would be like Mm. oh it's because of the economy it's because of Christmas oh it's just an industry issue at the moment you're doing really well your your numbers are really good I'm like no no my numbers aren't good (laughs) clients aren't booking in so yeah so I think marketing companies are very good at marketing themselves so yeah, I think the mindset was just, just like we're so close, and also we're in now, made our bed, got a lie in it really, and that and that was, I mean, I looked at jobs <laughs> pretty much most days on uh, on my phone was like I could just go get a job and I could earn money, and then that this whole thing could be over. But once you've kind of uh, put that much into it, you you want to see it through. Absolutely, and you know as, as well because I've I've been there, I've done the same where I've thought, oh maybe it'll just be easier just to go and find a job, but you know you said yourself you don't want to work for someone else you you and you want to do what you love as well Mm. um so I imagine you know even if you did it wouldn't be sort of the a long-term thing because you probably get to a point where you're like no I want to do this again exactly I think it's really heartbreaking when you have to give up on your on your dreams I think Mm, it's heartbreaking to give up on your dreams before they've even been born um but I think it's really heartbreaking to give up on them bef- after they've been born in a way like as born is quite a strong word but <laughs> it is, it's, it's, it's like it's like you know jumping ship you're on the ship just run yeah. run it um but I I yeah it was it it would be it would have been heartbreaking to have walked away at that point yeah well I'm really glad it's 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 on the up now yeah <laughs> How do you think being a business owner has impacted your personal life and like your perspective on life? Um, Other than taking over your front room, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think because of the energy it takes to run a business, there is that guilt um, that 
your energy is going into your business perhaps more than a job would be um Mm -hmm. so I particularly with my two small children you know they've been in nursery I went back to work at three months when my newborn was three months old I mean he was with his dad so it wasn't like he was left in in care or anything so um I think I think the fact that the business takes energy and the guilt that comes with that um when you've got small children is something you have to sort of you know find your strategy to to work with it um and yeah that's probably what I would say but from a perspective um point of view I think the fact that I have my own business I do feel really proud of that um you should and and I think anybody who has their own business should be very proud of it and I think it's given me a whole new a whole new appreciation for any anybody else in any business I'm like mm. kudos like even if like people who sell things you know on Etsy like just you know I don't know if you sell on Etsy but like even like the small businesses um you think kudos that you're doing something and you're working for yourself and then you also look at big businesses and you go damn like yeah how did you how did you get there and it's like you know like big businesses like Apple or or mm. Microsoft or or Zara you know how it's like how did they get there and it's like well done you well done you yeah um so I don't my, I don't have I think sometimes people have a bit of a hater like hate on people that do really well or big company owners or people that with a lot of money I know that I certainly mm. was raised with that attitude my mum used to be like, you drive past somebody with like a Maserati and she'd be like, toss her, you know? <laughs> and it's like hating on wealth. And it's like, actually, the people who have a lot of money, you know, obviously some of them are just people that have just been raised with a gold spoon in their mouth and, you know, lucky them. Um, yeah. but, but most people have worked really, really hard to get there. And I think that that has changed my perspective from growing up with, uh, with, with the sort of the hating on the rich versus yeah. now I have a huge respect for them. It is, and it's trying to get out of that mindset as well, isn't it? I mean, I know I've mentioned the book before, I don't know if you've read it, um, but Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. Oh, wow. No, I haven't read it, but yeah. Um, Denise Duffield Thomas. So it's about, it's about manifesting. Um, But she talks a lot about money blocks and something I think that comes up quite a lot is you mentioned it before about being scared to put yourself out there, Um, you know, being scared to be busy. And that is, it's like a block, like you're, you know, you might be scared to put yourself out there because you're scared to make money, be rich, and then your mum goes, oh, look at you with your posh car. Mm, <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's that, like, it's the stuff that's sort of in us that we don't really realise and we really have to work on. And I really, I think that, I, I think that I'm not there yet. I think I still have mm. that a little bit. Um, yeah. And... And and it's so deep. I could, I would know. I could say, yeah, no, I'm fine. But I think, you know, subconsciously, um, yeah. definitely. And I think, I think we absorb a lot from our parents. I know we absorb a lot from our parents. And unless you really do the work to really analyze that, you will subconsciously be walking around with beliefs that somebody else has given you. Um, yeah, and you've, you've got to look at it and be like, do I actually believe that? Like, for example, um. I've always thought to myself, oh, I'm not very good with with money. I'm not very good with saving or I'm not very good with numbers. And I remember my mum be like, I don't look at my bank account. I just 
I just wait and see, wait until my card gets declined. Um, and we'll yeah. be like, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna die soon, or you never know when you're gonna die, so might as well spend it now. Or you have that, you know. There's, oh, there's so, there's so, there's so many really, really unhelpful beliefs, which yeah. aren't my beliefs. They're my mum's beliefs. I've just gone, I've just absorbed. Yeah, I've really started um, trying to consciously, like when you know the kids are asking for things all the time, and I'm like. I don't have the money. Money doesn't grow on trees. I can't afford that. And I, yeah, I, I've been really trying to consciously not say those things. Yeah. And try and think of another way around it because I don't want them growing up having my money yeah. mindset issues. Oh my god! But but well, stopping the stopping the generational. Um, you know, the generational belief pattern is is the hardest if you're the one that stops it um, you know you're literally blocking a, a lifetime of issues with for your children to make that kind of block so that, it's really really brilliant as a mum to consciously make that decision but then it's hard to kind of be like well what do I say I know <laughs> don't get me wrong I'm not I'm not definitely not perfect and I've definitely said no mummy doesn't have any money right now <laughs> but I'm working on it at least I'm I'm um I, I know I'm doing it. it I'm conscious of it yeah <laughs> yeah and I think that that's pretty... but the thing is with the whole money the money doesn't grow on trees thing it's so dismissive I remember when Theresa May said that she just said like mm. there's no there's no ma- magic money tree and I was like that's such a... you can't say that because that is just like it's just such cowardice sort of yeah oh it's and it's a lie like, it's, just go and print some more yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not it's what you're saying to yourself it's just it's not possible there is no way to earn money that like, there's no possible way to increase your value to earn more money that's what you're telling yourself that's what you're telling your children when actually there is there are ways you up level your value you earn more yeah. money that's it yeah definitely. <laughs> there is you know so much money in the world and, uh, there is there's enough just... money for everybody you like, the, yeah. like you just gotta you that's a that's something that I have really have taken on from people that I am really inspired by they upped their value you know yeah. they have they have increased their value no one like people who get paid the most smallest amount in society is other people that do jobs which everybody can do like for example stack shelves it's not that they're that they you know should be paid more money but the reason why it's the 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 less you get paid is because more people can do it and everybody can stack shelves so the the money's low but like not many people can be a ceo of a company or not many people Mm. can be can can craft a really expensive wooden table you know so so they get paid more money and like for example my in my profession you know we we go to university for five years I studied really hard it's taken me you know over over 10 years to become as good as I am at, at, at being a chiropractor so I have absolutely no issue with charging what I charge because it's I I have that value and I think that's the problem is when people forget that they see it they see like oh I don't want to charge that because people might not be able to afford it and it's like no that is your value that is what you should charge because that's what you're worth yeah sorry I didn't come on to give a big massive money speech but (laughs) no (laughs) no it's amazing and that's really good that you you are comfortable with that and with charging your worth because obviously because I know a lot of people 
that aren't comfortable and you know I I find the asking for money like when you actually have to be like okay that's this much money I still struggle a little bit with it um I am getting better but I you know I still I, yeah it's it makes me a bit yeah <laughs> so that's amazing that you're comfortable to be like yeah this is what I do this is how much I charge yeah yeah and do you know what else is that I actually I actually know other chiropractors that charge pretty much the same as me who are rubbish so I th I actually think I should charge more um yeah but I, and that's but the thing is... as well I've, I've heard like <laughs> you know the quote where um you know people say there are people out there doing what you do worse and getting paid for it Uh -huh. And that's one of the things that sort of given me a kick up the bum, like, okay, why aren't, why aren't I putting myself out there yet? Because, you know, I know what I'm doing. I just need to go and find clients because what they're doing is rubbish. <laughs> and, do you, and do you know what else? The other thing is, 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 is when you're going to buy something, like, for example, if you go onto Amazon and you mm. want to, I don't know, buy some jogging bottoms or something, you don't want to go for the cheapest pair of jogging bottoms because you know that they'll be rubbish. You go yeah. for... the most expensive or like the middle range depending on like how good a jogging bottoms you want um but you you get what you pay for in life so if yeah. you're charging bottom dollar other people's perception is that you're you know you're you're gonna be bottom dollar whereas if you charge yeah. higher you you're you're telling people on an energetic level that you're going to deliver a, a better service as long as you do deliver a better service otherwise that's where the the, the, the mishmash is when you're just charging loads of money and then doing a crap job then yeah, yeah. you're going to fail in business but if you if you get it right you get it right see I absolutely agree with this however it's something I really struggle with so <laughs> when it comes to, to things clear like that out. <laughs> I know so when I've done like with my stationary business and when I've been at fairs um and I charge like three pound 50 for a card and then I see people charging a pound for a card and I'm like well how am I ever you know it, it it brings everything down so everyone then thinks oh I should be paying a pound for a card so it brings every do you know what I mean it brings that down but then when it comes to this business I, I really struggle with it because I want to be and I know this is a I want to be as affordable as I can be. And I know affordability is relative. Rel that's the word. Thank you. I was really struggling there. Um, it, it's, it, it's relative. But I want to be able to help women that I'm, I've been in that situation or I am in that situation and I'm not necessarily bringing in a massive income. So then, but then I worry that oh, I'm too cheap and people aren't going to come to me because they think I'm crap. So mm. that's the bit that I, I really struggle with. Um, so, so can, can I give you, so I, I actually trained our um, assistant team who actually sold. So in chiropractic, you often, you give people a recommended number of visits, right? And then they right. have the opportunity to buy a care plan. So say I give you, Um, 12 visits over 12 weeks um, you can either pay 47 pounds pay as you go or you can pay for the whole 12 and then you get it at 43 pounds a session which is 516 um, like that's how much it costs yeah and that's it 
And so yeah. I trained my assistants to hold pens, right? So you hold pens and you go, this pen is a pound. This pen is five pounds. This pen is 10 pounds. Which pen do you want? And that's it. Like you just, you decide in yourself how much you want to charge. So say, for example, you want to do social media strategies and you're like, okay, I spend two hours a week. Then I've got this much expertise. Say I want to charge 50 pounds a week. That's 200 pounds a month. Um, so for my full social media strategy, it's 200 pounds a month. That's how much it costs. I love this. This isn't what I was expecting today, but I kind of feel like I'm getting a bit of a therapy session here. I like it. I like it. Well, well I do. I've done a lot of coach. I've done a lot of coaching. So I co- I've, I've coached chiropractors. I've coached assistants. I've coached people on selling and on customer service. Mm. And this is a this is this is a part of me that I feel that um, if I wanted to kind of walk away from chiropractic, this would be where I would go because yeah. I love coaching people and actually it gets a little yeah. bit dull coaching chiropractic to chiropractors because it's a bit like the healthy nervous system and everyone's mm. just so like rah, rah. but customer service can be applied to everybody but yeah Absolutely. that would be like I mean if ever you want to jump on a call honestly Katie I will totally do that for you um completely, amazing completely completely for free I will do a session <laughs> but then my but then ongoingly my sessions will be 50 pounds a session to do an hour with me um on money and that's how much it costs I love that I love that and you know what I'm so I'm so much better at working with other people than I am myself you know when it's one of those things that I can tell someone this is amazing this is what you do and then you look at yourself and you're like now I need to tell myself that yeah oh my god well that is just that is just the 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 reality of being a woman but on that the the only thing that I would say just to finish that one off Mm. is that it is not up to us to decide what somebody else can afford and actually yes. it's very, 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 very insulting for somebody. It's a bit like that pretty woman scene for somebody else to assume that you can't afford that. And I'll give yeah. you this as an example. Um, so in 2018, I came off my horse and I completely tore up my knee and I couldn't walk and I was self-employed. Every week that went by, I was losing money. I used to earn quite a lot of money when I was um, I used to see 150 people a week. So I was on quite a lot of money. Um, yeah. And then... And then each week that went by, not only was I losing money, but also clients, you know, they stopped coming. And so it was like just destroying me. And also I was in pain and everything else. So I didn't even bother going through the NHS. I didn't even, I, I didn't even go down that road. Um, I got a doctor's note to, to say that I need to time off work so I could pay give it to my insurance. But I did not even start going there with, with NHS waiting times. I knew it was going to take time and I needed to get it done ASAP. So I rung the local hospital, a private hospital, and I asked them how much an ACL reconstruction would be because I paid for my own MRI. And they said, the woman on the phone, she's like, um, it will actually be, um, it'll be six and a half thousand pounds. And for me, that that was that was a month's wages at that time and I'd already lost yeah. that and I, I needed to crack on so I was like great sign me up but you could tell the way she was talking to me she thought I couldn't I either couldn't afford six and a half grand or it wasn't worth it because there is the yeah. NHS right but it's like it's you don't know what's the what your value is to somebody else no and you don't know what money they have so don't worry about whether people if people can't afford you they won't they won't come to you but if people can afford you they will done and there are enough people in the world that that you can work with particularly with your industry which you're going into social media because it can be multinational you know I literally have a vet I have like a 20 mile radius of people that I can work with anything online 
you, the sky is your limit. Oh, I love this. I, uh, I feel very, uh, <laughs> very inspired. That's great. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Here, here all week, babe. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Do you have any tips on running a business as a busy <laughs> mum of two? Um, so busy mum of two, I'll keep this one short. Do <laughs> what, do what you're doing and do it well. So if you're with your children, be with your children, be so present for them, be down on the floor with them, be playing with them, be cuddling them, be with them. And then if you're not with your children or you've made the decision to go on your phone or whatever, then be, do that and do that well. So just do what you're doing well, because you can't multitask. You can't be with your kids and be trying to reply to emails at the same time. Um, it just, you're doing a shit job of the email and you're not being present for your children you're, and your children pick up on that. And from a sort of energetic perspective, like you want to put your energy in like laser focus into one thing. If you spread it out, it, it gets dispersed. So just do what you're doing and do it well. Um, and you're going to feel guilty and just live with it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're gonna so feel true. guilty being with your kids because your business isn't doing you're not focused on your business <clears throat> you're gonna feel gu- guilty not being with your children because you're a mum. so guilt is just part of part and parcel i eat guilt for lunch yeah so that's that's <laughs> my that's my advice would be that's so true um do you do your own social media and do you plan it do you enjoy it I do. I actually um, pay for, I've actually paid for a social media strategy call. So this Mm -hmm. is something that you could maybe offer where it wasn't an ongoing membership, but it was a one-off call. Um, She charged me 200 and no, it was 180 pounds, but normally it's like 220, just as a little price thing there for you for an an hour and a half phone call. Um, But it was totally worth it. Best money I've ever spent um, because we put a strategy together um and it was interesting <laughs> you this is this is this is a true story she messaged me saying send me two instagrams um which you like and you like the look of and think that do they do well and i sent yours <gasps> did you oh, yeah i did i sent small oh. business society so she checked oh. your instagram out and she said that you obviously are following a strategy um, and that you're doing it really well um, and that you're not just willy nilly. Do- so so the thing that she told me real quick was that you want to rotate it so that you do different things each day. Uh, so it's either entertaining or value or brand or industry and then the sell. So you're not selling every single day. You're not entertaining every single day. You're not giving loads of facts every single day. You're keeping it real and you're doing it. You're doing something every day and you don't, don't do it necessarily on every single platform. I like Instagram. I do it on Instagram that automatically uploads to Facebook, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy doing, I love doing my reels. I don't know if you've seen my reels. Um, I love doing my reels. I use captions. Um, I, I, that's actually part of the reason why I started the podcast. So the mum mindset podcast I started last year, there's like three episodes, out and I really want to start doing it again but I started doing that because I just kept doing reels that weren't really relevant to chiropractic they're more about being a mom they were more about mindset and so I was like oh you know what I'm gonna start a podcast and then I was like this is far too much oh are you still there sorry about that Katie that's all right I lost you there for a minute uh right where were we (laughs) 
We were talking about social media. Social media. Yes. Yes. And you enjoy it. You love doing your reels and your podcast. You started a podcast, um, which I was on. (laughs) Yeah, you were. Uh, But yeah, um, you haven't been doing that recently, have you? But you're looking at doing it again when, when you can. When the dust has settled, when the dust is settled, I think you've got you, you've got to know when to call it quits and when you need to give yourself a, a break and a pause and when you're you're doing too much because you can feel it in yourself, you know, when you're stressed. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And that's how Absolutely. I was feeling, even though the podcast was supposed to be fun. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. I think sometimes <clears throat> you have to look at things and weigh up what the important things are and what you can, <clears throat> excuse me, what you can let sort of slide or what you can let go of um and it's always it's something you can pick back up on isn't it when you when you are ready to absolutely um so what do you think some of the best ways are that people can level up their customer service wow okay so customer service I think applies to every single business um because you have to have a customer in order to make any money unless you're like a like an online trader or something um so the thing which which I which are my kind of top tips if you like would if you really if you think you're doing customer service well um then think about what you would get if you were to go on like a five-star honeymoon holiday um and you know one of those holidays or one of those experiences where the customer service is just the bomb so much so that you remember mm. it you know often people will have that that memory and I did a training on this where I asked everybody in the team to like think of a time when they really felt like they had really good customer service um and it's always the little personal things you know it's the it's people knowing your name people not being late people doing little touches like happy birthday or um you know, happy anniversary or whatever if you remember you know if that's kind of relevant to to your business if yeah. say you send something you send it nicely nice and presented and well packaged not in like a taped up bit of whatever um <laughs> it, it's just about doing doing like really like like for example when I ordered the card from you and you sent me that little video of you posting it I was like that's I just felt like that was really like special I was like you know, that was a free um, thing that you did um and I and it just made me feel like that card have you spent time creating it it's special that you've walked to the and it, it's like that's not why I bought it but it it I remembered it you know I remember it yeah. now it was years ago um so I would say do the little extra thing um and you know be punctual be on time and remember people's names and if you write emails you know make it so that it's really clear it's really friendly it's not short and rushed um what I would also say is if you are be really authentic with people so and be really honest with people so for example if someone places an order which you're is running late let them know let them know don't you know people people don't mind as long as they know um if say your booking procedure is a bit complicated just make it really clear what to expect it's always about letting people know what to expect right so if you if you go to a spa 
and they say to you, oh, by the way, when you come to the spa, you have to wear a hat, um, you have to wear a full cosy, you can't wear any bikinis, um, and you have to wear footwear at all times. If they tell you that way in advance, then um, then you're like, oh, okay, that's what that's what we need to do. I mean, I've just described a French pool, <laughs> <laughs> um, but 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 if you get there and people are like, where's your hat? Where's your where's your full costume? Um, that's what you need it's like it's jarring isn't it it's like oh I'm wrong and I'm and I'm now caught out so yeah. it's just about being honest with people and letting people letting people know you know what to what to expect um and for example if you're making price changes um it, it, any, anything just let just let people know rather than keep people in the dark and make sure your communication is clear and quick amazing and I love that all of that it was it was free things that people can do because I think sometimes people think that they need to spend loads of money on you know something fancy or you know fancy packaging or giving away freebies but it's it's not always the case is that absolutely I mean when it comes to free stuff I actually would endorse giving away free stuff, which is free for you to make. Mm-hmm. So, for example, all of my clients get a free meditation, um, which I've created um, when they when they start with me. And it's very sort of specific to what my care is doing and getting my clients to be in a sort of relaxed state and it supports the changes which we need to make in their nervous system so it's just about people getting people to do body scans and breathe and take a minute to just let their mind settle um but that was something that I can offer people and it and it's a it's a value stack isn't it so if you say for example you sell something you know you can you can offer them you know free joining facebook groups join their email lists and send out advice or um do a special webinar on i don't know how to create whatever i mean i kind of i, I don't i'm kind of thinking about all the people that listen to this to be like people that sell things so it's just about what applies to you in your, your industry yeah no that's perfect um right so if money was no object what is one thing that you'd outsource right now for your business housekeeper I like that a hundred percent um I did I did start to think oh I'll do admin or I do whatever no I think that my time at the moment if I could could outsource one thing um the time that I'm spending cleaning my house sorting the washing out uh putting toys away cleaning the floor uh you know which you know it's just when you've got two very small children it's just an ongoing thing like I have to tidy up like twice a day otherwise it is literally like a health hazard you know (laughs) there's food on the floor there's there's cars on the floor um so uh I would say like if I had to outsource one thing it would be like a housekeeper someone who can do the food shopping who can do the cooking clean my fridge uh you know all that stuff which is is low value stuff you know that's not where I should be spending my time but yeah. that's where I spend my time because um, some of my time and my time is much better spent doing other things, either being with my children or earning money or building my business. So 100% housekeeper. Mm-hmm. I know that's not exactly for my business, but it would free yeah, but it me is. up to. Yeah. Yeah, 
because it because it helps doesn't it it's all part of the part of the team like I got a cleaner a few months ago for my clinic and that was just a complete godsend because I was like I don't want to be spending time cleaning that's a waste of my time and a cleaner costs 15 pounds for an hour and that is 100% worth it for me um yeah and I would get a cleaner for my house but it's just <laughs> it's actually like tidying up before a cleaner comes that's a problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, it's fine because you'll get to the point where you have your housekeeper, and yeah, the the I'm gonna have my housekeeper. I'm gonna have a cook, gonna have a gardener. It's gonna be great. Yeah, me too. That's what I need. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, life goals this time next year. Yeah, fingers crossed. Maybe the year after, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, what are your future plans for your business? So um, we're moving into a new premises, um, which is going to facilitate both me and Alistair working at the same time, um, which means that we can see, you know, we can open up our diaries and we can both work more, um, which means the business has more you know, potential ca- capacity to see people. Yeah, We are opening up a clinic in Bristol. Um, we're just sort of seeding, just going to rent a room and start just by doing a couple of hours in Bristol, which is um you know more in the city and that'll be like our second premises god I really wanted there's so many things that I want to do I want to learn how to become a meditation teacher this year um because because I think that that is upping my value um and Mm -hmm. a lot of my clients I talk about meditation with I know a lot about meditation um but I don't I'm not a meditation teacher so I want to get that qualification so that I can give that as a as an you know clear advice I mean it's completely you know it's not regulated so yeah you, anyone can just teach meditation but I wanted to be able to do it well um yeah. and my my other thing is that I would like to I would like to run customer service training but I don't feel like that's a this year thing I think that might be no. like a next year thing um because it's I think that's more online. That's pro- that's a whole separate business. So I want the clinics to be running really super easily with staff. Yeah, that's the other thing. I want to have um, an assistant at work who can do like scanning and emailing and that sort of thing, um, and general chit chat with people when they're waiting if they if they need to talk about anything, rather than, so that I you know they people just get more customer service. So Amazing. that's my and I'd like to bring on another chiropractor as well. But chiropractors are really hard to hire because they're all a little bit maverick. <laughs> they, <laughs> they like to, they like to set up on their own, um, or they're really difficult to train, um, or there are bigger companies that are offering ridiculous things, which are all lies. Actually, they they all these poor new graduates go into these clinics and they get offered like loads of money, and and it just turns out to all be a complete lie. So I'm competing with them, and I refuse to lie. So, yeah. uh, it's so that's so growing my team I am moving to another premises in two weeks time online business and it's yeah so that's my that's there's quite a few goals this year really amazing um okay so are you ready for my quick fire five yeah I love I love the quick fire five yeah okay who is your biggest inspiration I've got two friends who I would say are my biggest inspirations, Crystalyn Lowry in America and Naomi Mills in Scotland. Um, they are businesswomen who up-level all the time. And are, are they, every time I speak to them, they just completely inspire me. Amazing. Do you have a favourite business book? 
I am a big fan of mindset uh, books because um, I think that that helps you with your business. So mm-hmm. um, I love and I love things like Brené Brown. Um, I love Brené Brown, basically. I listen to Brené Brown a lot um, and read Brené. I don't really read because I fall asleep. Um, so I listen to it on audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> because that I feel like that helps me and then that helps my business. Absolutely. Do you have a favourite business podcast? Um, I love the Kathy Heller podcast. Um, she actually is a podcaster. That is her. That was her original business. I recommend it for you if you wanted to. If okay. you're interested, um, yeah, I've Kathy, Kathy Heller podcast. Um, she just is. She's just brilliant to listen to. Talks about getting in the right resonance, getting into the right vibration, and just doing what is fun and what is easy and then everything just becomes awesome and she's like really American and I just think she's (laughs) brilliant um so yeah and she talks a lot about abundance and just like love yeah love it and she talks a lot about how to make a good podcast as well that's like one of her things so yeah definitely definitely into her what's your guilty pleasure sponges okay like like a shower (laughs) sponge like like rubbing it on your skin or yeah love it love it I love a sponge I love chewing sponges if I get you know what I was (laughs) I was literally about to say I know of I've like I've heard of it that people chew on them and that's why I was like rubbing it on your skin but no both of them yeah no when it's clean when it's a new sponge ah little chew I'm happy to happy to say that it's like the most satisfying thing in the world I'm not talking about eating it just no chewing it just a little and just just a little <laughs> chew and it's just <laughs> the most satisfying thing and I got a new sponge for Christmas and I was like Christmas day oh. Prosecco in the shower with my sponge and I was just like weirdo with anything but love it I love it I love it we've all got to have our thing right yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite biscuit chocolate hobnob <clears throat> you know that's a, that's a, re- a really popular one <laughs> honestly oh, chocolate chocolate sorry. hobnob all day long like if 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 i if i had like a buffet of biscuits that'd be what i would go for little cakes i love a cherry bake well if but you're, you didn't mm. ask me about cakes so that's my biscuit. <laughs> amazing okay what is one piece of advice you'd give to somebody just starting out um one piece of advice keep your overheads low and um expect expect for it to take at least a year to become profitable um and don't put all of your eggs in one basket so if one of you is working like if you're a couple make sure that one of you has an income and you're not both relying on a startup business it, it only do that if you have a huge cushion um because businesses take long i was told three months I was told three months is a complete lie. Um, It's, it's, I think I I spoke to somebody who literally had like the most lowest overheads in the world um, and moved to an area where like everyone knew him. So he just became like really busy, really quickly. This was a chiropractor. Um, So you need to keep your overheads low, except that it's going to take time. Like it really is going to take time for people to trust you, for you to get clients, for you to get repeat clients, 
um, and make sure that if you particularly if you have a family or if you have high outgoings make sure that you don't put all of your eggs in one basket people are always like go all in but it's like no you will completely fuck your finances so that it is going to take time um, and also trust trust the process back back what you're doing is a good idea and if you're not sure if it's a good idea maybe don't do it <laughs> <laughs> but if, but you know what all I would say is, is if some of other people are earning money off of it then it's a good idea yeah yeah and I think it's it's too easy isn't it to um say oh but somebody else is doing that I can't do it look at how many you know hairdressers there are out there or how many charity shops like there are enough people that means there's a market there is a market in fact if that if anything do something where there is a market for it because I actually don't believe that that markets can be, um, oh, what is it called? Over, not over oversaturated. Oversaturated. Yeah. Like you can't, or you can't, that's not a thing because in a saturated market, you just, de- you know, die, divert a little bit into a more of a closer USP. Um, yeah. And, and that's, and, and you make that just closest to your authentic self as possible. Um, yeah. And that's and- one thing that I a hundred percent believe in is people buy from people. So, you know, not everyone is going to resonate with you, but you will have your people. I would say, not that you asked me for my advice on you, I would say that that is one of your biggest superpowers is like you are so authentic and running your own thing. Like even like with your dungarees and your hair and your glasses, like you and just and your little dancing and your and you, it's, it's 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 just you are just so relatable and likable and people want oh. to watch your videos and and they want to know you they want to have a drink with you they want to buy from you they want to speak to you so um and and I think if you were putting up any kind of front you it would be unsustainable yeah definitely I don't I, I, I just wouldn't you know when people say oh Instagram versus reality like I completely get it you can take a picture and I can take a picture of the tidy side of my house and not the the messy side. But um, longevity, I just don't know how you cannot be yourself. It's an interesting thing, the Instagram versus versus reality thing, because obviously you're not going to put shit stuff online. That's mm. just like, I feel, but that doesn't mean that what you're putting online is a lie. It shouldn't yeah. be a lie anyway. Um, it is, it is, authentic it's just uh not all of it you know yes. but like you know it's a bit like I'm not lying I'm just not telling you the whole thing and but then yes. if people do share their whole thing then 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 they're being criticized for being oversharers so you know I actually think that um social media you have to take everything with a little bit of pinch of salt but every, everyone knows that it's not it's not 100% of them they're not not taking a picture yeah. of themselves like snoring are they or having yeah. a poo <laughs> obviously yeah it's just being um it is it's just it's just being yourself isn't it and you know what the more yourself you are and I'm sure that you're finding this the more yourself you are the 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 more energy you have like the the, the happier you feel the more um invigorated you feel doing whatever it is you're doing because you're like you're putting yourself out there the soul really likes to be seen and it likes to, mm. to, to, to to sing and the more you can do that the more like your your being will be happier 
Yeah. Yeah, I've never thought about it that way. Love that. There you go. That's why a lot. Of, I think that's why a lot of teenagers are so miserable. They're all just not sure how to be themselves. Yeah. My my eldest is about to turn 13 and he's just mm. a bit grunty and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't enjoy anything. No, because he's not a child anymore, but he's not an adult. So yeah, it's, it is that awkward stage. It's that really awkward stage where he wants to cuddle with his mum and he wants to he wants to wear his pajamas and and you know he wants but then he's an adult and he's starting to get testosterone hormones and everything. It's all very confusing. Yeah. I feel honestly, I'm I'm gonna have an absolute nightmare with my two boys because Wilbur will be turning thirteen and then Hector will be turning. 11 and tw- 11 or 12 like soon after he's only oh. 22 months apart so we are going to be hitting we're gonna have a 15 year old i know it's gonna be yeah. fun and they're gonna be eating you out of house and home oh my god <clears throat> i know that i mean i mean alistair is not a small person yeah. his whole you know they're all they come from a line of kind of big broad <laughs> men so they're gonna be i'm gonna have three burly men <laughs> i'm gonna have to start doing mass cooking that's what my housekeeper will do though Yes, exactly. You'll have it by then. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, okay. To end us off, let us know where we can find you. So I think the best thing for people to do is if they are interested in f- seeing what I do on social media and if they're interested in chiropractic and I don't know if they live in the Bath, Bristol area, then um, my company is called Bar- uh, Bath Cairo, um, which is at Bath Cairo on Instagram um and that's where you can sort of see what I'm doing and if you want to find me specifically um then I am Rose Sophie on Instagram um and then you can add me Rose Sophie 2020 is my Instagram name um and I'm really happy for people to add me and speak to me and if anyone wants just like an hour's coaching call talk about customer service talk about mindset talk about whatever anything which I have said today which resonates with them just drop me a message and we will do that and I'll I will do the first three people completely for free um and then we can talk about any kind of further support that I'll do with them like absolutely I'll do that for your listeners oh you're amazing you're absolutely amazing I have loved this call thank you so much for coming on you're it's been it's been an absolute absolute pleasure um and I yeah really it's I'm inspired to get my podcast going again yeah which is which yeah. is the mum mindset podcast but I haven't posted anything for a while but if you want to listen so to it's what, still what, what, out there isn't it so you can you can find it it's still out there you can still mm-hmm. find it on apple on spotify um and yeah you can listen to katie's interview no. katie, oh god katie williams interview oh god. <laughs> i thought that was great and we got into it that was yeah, brilliant we went deep we went deep i felt like i was taking you deep as well and i was like oh don't think yeah. i do deep i'm sorry yeah, I had no I idea what to expect, but um, <laughs> if you want to hear about like my well, not my life story, but um, sort of parenting, we talked a lot about mental health, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Then great. yeah, go and check that out. I will leave all the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. Um, it's the first one of 2024, which is very exciting. Um, so thanks for being here, and I'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider subscribing to my channel and leaving me a lovely review. It would mean the absolute world. 
You can follow me on Instagram, find me at small.biz.society and come and join my Facebook group. We've got a lovely supportive community over there for women in business. And if you're a female entrepreneur and you'd like to come on here and have a lovely chat with me, send me a message. Just reach out to me. My inbox is always open. Thank you so much again. And I will speak to you in the next one.